the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're going to have Alexa Henning on with us to uh, talk about what's going on in the governor's office, get you to know her a little bit. You know that I always try to have the communications director join me, if not every week, at least every other week. But now Alexa's told me she's going to try to do this every (laughs) week, so we'll we'll see how it all works out. And uh, this is... This is really exciting for me. Uh, I was just telling her, I haven't had the governor do anything yet that I don't think that us conservatives don't love. Well, you know, I um, she definitely set a very ambitious agenda, um, you know, right on right on the outset. And, um, you know, right at the beginning, she campaigned very hard, especially on education. And making sure that, you know, folks knew that that was her biggest priority. And she just, she followed through and, you know, had a great session um, and worked really well with her partners in the legislature and made sure she followed through on every one of those promises. And, um, you know, I know that now we're kind of moving on to the next stages of implementing those, you know, laws that we signed. And so it's exciting to work for someone who's just, who wants to deliver well, I know she was over at the Air Force Base uh, yep. the other day, and she was talking about this lawsuit that's been, you know, brought uh, against the Learns Act, and mm-hmm. she was talking about how, you know, facetious it is, and that it doesn't hold any water. Nick Horton from uh, Arkansas, um, Opportunity, Arkansas, uh, wrote an article about it. I was talking a little bit about what he wrote in the last hour. The bottom line is, it's you know, if you had a problem with the way this thing was okay, the way it was voted on, why wouldn't you have brought it up before now? Well, I think um, there's there's certainly a lot to say, and I was with the governor all day on Tuesday. Um, you know, when, when she was asked about this after she signed um, some legislation, she said, I have, I have a lot to say on it, um, but, you know, obviously this doesn't have any merit. When the Democrats failed trying to convince Arkansans that this was something that they didn't want or they didn't didn't. go over so well correct and so now they're going to try to argue on process and when you when you can't make the argument on substance you're going to make it on process and so this is an entirely political argument this is not anything that's you know has any merit and what the saddest thing is and the saddest thing to the governor is that they're playing politics with kids futures and what she wants they the have most. been doing that for years of course and it's right out of their their own playbook but i think what the saddest thing is and what we talk about all the time and she says you know she's been campaigning on she said in her inauguration is she's not here to continue the status quo and that's the status quo is keeping kids in failing schools and not giving them the opportunity to have success you know and be kind of contained to their own zip code and you know, that's exactly what LEARNS is. Well, I tell the story. I was told by a, a legislator that uh, when you get, when the caucus was meeting with the governor's people, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with the LEARNS Act, and they were talking about what was in it, 
And one of the legislators said, well, superintendents aren't going to like this. And the person put their hands up and said, who said we're talking about superintendents? We're talking about kids. Mm -hmm. Now, that is 180 from the way we've approached education in this state for 135 years when the Democrats have ruled the state for years and years and years. We just changed the whole way it's being done. And people don't like it because, well, number one, some people are afraid of change. But number two, uh, this is, you know, they want the status quo so they can keep on having a little bit of power. This is all being ripped away from the the politicians and given to the parents. I love it. Yeah, I mean, um, when we were at the uh, Little Rock Air Force Base and there, when we were there on Tuesday, I can't tell you how many people, how many of the servicemen talked about LEARNS and how that was a big draw for them and for recruiting for them to come here, how important that is to um, education and empowering parents and talking about how you know good schools are. That is, it's so important. It's not just... Um, it's not just a you know typical one issue for certain people. It is it reaches across all you know spectrums that you wouldn't think. Or visiting a military base and they're talking about learns. Well, it's so funny is all these people that now are saying, "Oh, you're going to do this to the kids? They got their kids in private schools for God's sakes! Come on, wake up!" Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been doing this forever. When Obama tried to destroy that. Uh, private school in washington dc his kids are going to private schools mm-hmm. he didn't care about the kids it's all about politics for them you mean the left is hypocritical is that what you're oh, saying? Right, yeah. what a big <laughs> surprise huh it is no but i'm just saying it's it's incredible to me it, it really it really is and that people have not seen through it mm-hmm. uh, bothers me i mean i i'm very proud to work for the governor because she you should be i'm i'm <laughs> i'm honest i i love what she's doing i really do i'm if i ever get her in here into the <laughs> studio i'm going to give her a big hug she is she does not back down um she certainly is not afraid to push back on folks who just who want to keep this failed status quo going and and that's where we're seeing a lot of the pushback is and it is about control. It is the left wants to control. You know, the less freedom that you have, the more control they have mm-hmm. over you. Absolutely. And that is a big part of the education plan. It's giving more freedom to parents, to kids, to choose where they have the best opportunity. And, of course, the left doesn't like that. Well, we've been fighting this this battle, at least on the Dave Ellswick show, since um, 2000. When I came here to Little Rock, and I, I started at that time fighting, and I got involved with Lori Lee, mm-hmm. who at that time was up in northwestern uh, Arkansas, and, and she was working about getting these bizarre pornographic books out of school libraries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been fighting it for that long, folks. It's been going on that, that long, and it took this governor finally to come here to Arkansas and get with the legislature and for the legislature to say, enough is enough. We're going to stop it now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dan Sullivan, you know, that they, they, they took care of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about what's going on. What Now, as they, as they move along with uh, the LEARNS Act, I know that she's been out with uh, Secretary Oliva. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it just a matter of trying to get people to understand what's going on. I had the secretary on last week. We mm-hmm. talked about private schools 
and a lot of things that they're saying that they're afraid of and there's nothing for them to be afraid of you know misinformations that are out there yeah i mean we saw during the session a lot of just false misinformation being spread about the law Um, and we worked closely with um, senator davis and rep brooks to try to push back against that because it was Too just good a folks, by the way. very um and so the governor and secretary oliva are just we're gonna you know now that we're out of session we have some time to get on the road and listen to folks in these communities and um they have questions and who better to get answers from than the governor and the secretary and make sure i mean we were just at a school uh yesterday for teacher appreciation week where we were talking about learns with the principal um and make and she was very excited about it and so i, really? I think yeah and she's I, all she's all in huh yeah and so i that's think that's good the more that you um kind of get out of this little bubble that is little rock um you hear that there is there is excitement and there is you know folks are excited about the different you know opportunities the change for the better that's going to be happening um, with this law, and um, so it's encouraging. All right. we got to take a break. All right. Got to pay the bills, so let's do that. Let me remind you about QC Kinetics. Uh, you know, you always talk, uh, talk, talk to about living life to the fullest. Uh, if you want to be able to do that, let me remind you that QC Kinetics is a way of using your body's own regenerative powers uh, to take care of your joint pain. I mean, your joint can, pain can be your knees, your hips, your shoulders, your back, uh, anything that's keeping you from doing what you really want to do. For instance, if you got back pain, it's kind of hard to go out and play golf, isn't it? you like to get back to playing golf, then I'm going to highly recommend that you talk to the people at QC Kinetics and let them work with you. You go in, you walk in the office, they're going to... Uh, uh, administer the stuff that will take care of the uh, the joints. It's not uh, using any kind of uh, chemicals on you. It's using your own biologics uh, that will take care of bringing your joints back to where they should be. So no surgery and no downtime. And that's one of the things that people typically are worried about. And uh, so let me ask this of you. What is living life to the fullest? Is it getting out and playing golf again, being out, maybe I'll go out and walk your dog? Uh, like me, I don't do it so much now because my grandkids are getting older, but we used to have uh, uh, football games in the front yard. Uh, you know, Kenny Buckport, Maine, didn't have nothing on me. I mean, we, we used to get the kids out and play football all the time. And, uh, and I love doing that. So what is living life to the fullest for you? Well, get started on whatever it is by calling the folks at QC Kinetics. Uh, 501-222-8440. That's QC Kinetics. 501-222-8440. One more time for you. Because they say I give these numbers too fast. 501 8440 all right, so Alexa Henning is sitting across from me right now. She uh, heads up the communications team for the governor here in the state of Arkansas. The governor is going to be on in the near future here on the radio station. And um, I got to talk to Alexa after I get off the air. And, and we're setting up some stuff here for the future that I think you're going to like. Uh, I'll let you know I'm big 
big, big, big fan. Of the, uh, she doesn't have a cutout yet. I looked. If she ever gets a cutout, she'll get a cutout here in the studio. You know, she'll be here uh, to be part of that. So anyway, it, she's done a, a fantastic, fantastic job thus far. And, uh, you know, everybody was talking, well, the first 100 days are, I'm just telling you, all you got to do is listen to her one time, and you know she's a different breed. And uh, she really has been doing a fantastic job. So what are we to think that the governor would be up to here over the next few weeks? I mean, we're starting to get, we're starting to get into the summer. All right, things slow down then. But after summer, we're going to start picking up into the election cycle. And at that point, you know, you don't want to be pushing things around too hard at that point. What uh, what do you see is going to happen? Just making sure that the Learns Act goes in the way it should. Yeah, I mean, we we got a lot of um, we did a lot of a lot of things uh, during session. So, you know, right now is time to kind of be able to get out in the state, uh, like I said. And so she's been traveling um, this week. We're at the Air Force Base. We visited a school for Teacher Appreciation Week. Um, so right now, and especially during the summer, um, we're going to be traveling a lot. Um, she, especially looking ahead, I mean, she's certainly not going to slow down. Right. Um, and I know that one of her biggest priorities was shrinking government, making sure to, you know, cut waste where there is and making everything, you know, run more efficient. And so the next session that's coming up, the fiscal session, um, we're we're certainly kind of already starting to think about that. Um, So, you know, just because session wraps up doesn't mean that now we have to we have to implement everything that we signed into law. And so we have learns. We have the public safety legislation, now law, um, the new prison, um, tax cuts. There's a lot that we did that she did um, that we now have to move into the next phase of implementation. Well, let's talk about that next phase about prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's where are we at as far as that's concerned? Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't heard anything about where they want to put it at. I, have they started having discussions about that? Yeah. So that is on um, Secretary Porfiri. Um, and so I know that they're having discussions to, you know, we're a little bit, we have a little bit of a longer timeline on that. Um, certainly it's a big, a big undertaking. Yeah, um, that is... <laughs> I don't know if the governor really understands how big of an undertaking that is. Mm -hmm. For the last 20 years, the legislature has been doing nothing more than kick the can down the road. And because of that, you got all the local jails, county jails, filled up with state prisoners. So you can't deal with the, you know, the guys that are out there doing the small crimes that you want to take care of because they're out in the community Mm -hmm. stealing people's lawnmowers and uh, and bicycles and stuff. So you have no place to put them. you got to build a new prison because we're way behind on beds. That's going to take a couple of years to get it done. So there's there's all of these things. I had Ben Gilmore on Monday, right. mm-hmm. and we talked about this. And this is going to be a juggling act to get it all done. So we had in that legislation, um, obviously, a new trooper school, help with recruitment of new officers, pay raise for corrections officers. Mm-hmm. So I know that 
you know, Secretary Porfiri is that we can at least free up a couple hundred beds um, in the meantime, that especially when we when we raise the pay of these corrections officers, we're going to have more. They'll have more staff to help with freeing up more beds. So, yes, we're going to be, you know, we obviously have a capacity issue, but um, in the meantime, kind of freeing up bed space to help with that pressure while we're going to be a lot prison. of but the bottom line is there's going to be a lot of moving parts to this that mm-hmm. you know affects the other moving parts because you don't have any place to put people right now i mean it's that simple mm-hmm. that's why they're they're letting them out you know i mean what was it that ben said that now maybe if you serve one-sixth of your sentence that's ridiculous. No wonder no one's worried about going to jail in, in Arkansas. Now, if they get a federal crime and they're going to go to a Fed penitentiary, they're going to do 85% minimum mm-hmm. and maybe 100%, especially if they use the firearm, then they get serious. And they also know they're not going to be close to family, probably. Mm-hmm. That That's a big deal as well. So, yeah, I, I like what I like what you guys did. I think it's something that's way overdue to to take care of. However, it's going to be a heavy lift. If anybody can do it, it's the governor. I'll be honest with you. I think that she can do it. But it's still going to be a heavy lift. Yes, it is. Um, But it's definitely a a priority. And we have excellent excellent secretaries, um, Colonel Hager and Secretary Porfiri. They're they're great. So need I to have. get them in the studio. I'll see if I can. I'll can add it to my list. Studio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, she's got a list. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I, you know, I, I just, I'm the guy who always talks about local. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, "Well, Dave, why don't you talk about the border more and all that?" And I do talk about the border, but here's the key: when I go off the air, Charlie Kirk comes on. He's going to talk about all the national issues. When he goes off the the, the the air, then Hannity's going to come on, and he's going to talk about all the – everybody's talking national issues from that point on. I would think as an Arkansan and the, the thousands of dollars you're paying in taxes and, and whatnot that you want to know what's going on in your own state, your own cities, your own counties. So that's what we zero in on and try to. Yeah. It's very important. And keep it and keep it out. And that's why we'll keep a, a, a line open with Alexa because she wants – I know the governor wants to keep people up to date Absolutely. on what's going on. So uh, all the misinformation that gets out there uh, isn't misinformation. It's shot down and we get the real stuff out. So we're going to take a quick break. We've got the bottom of the hour coming up. Uh, Alexa going to be here for one more uh, segment with us before I, I let her out. I locked the door so she couldn't get out. Um, I didn't tape, I, I didn't duct tape you to your chair. You so said she'll feel good about that. You usually I have a got little duct leeway. <laughs> I usually duct tape people when they come in here so they can't escape. But uh, we've got some news coming your way and, and we'll talk about all of that and then we'll do more with you uh, when we come back. Uh, don't forget about PI roofing and what they can do for your roof. I know a lot of you uh, you're in line waiting to get your roof fixed. Just know that that's going to be necessities right now because of the tornado that came through about seven weeks ago. Bottom line, uh, PI Roofing tell you they'll take care of your house so no more rain gets in, no more damage is done, 
and uh, you'll get all the coverage that you have coming from your insurance. All you got to do is call them at the same number I do. It's 501-707-3115 or visit them at piroofing.com. And just do me a favor, tell them that Dave sent you. Alexa Henning in the studio. Heads up the communications department for the governor, and she's in. We're talking about what the what the governor is up to. She is traveling uh, extensively now through the state, talking about the Learns Act, uh, talking about the legislation that passed over the last legislative session. They did a good job on that, and uh, I'm happy with the way we're the direction that we're going. But it's going to take a while to turn the ship all the way around you don't turn the titanic around like a little pt boat you know right you gotta you gotta pull on that wheel and pull hard and 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 keep pulling on it to get it to go the right way mm-hmm. and we're doing that now here in arkansas yep um, can you get us any give us any hints yeah, i'd like to do this you gave <laughs> us any hints what uh, what else the governor's thinking about doing um or well, you want to wait till she says so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I promised I would get her in here. Yeah, yeah. You want me to? Yeah, no, I don't want to uh, scoop her. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot. And, you know, obviously the, the governor and the first gentleman and their family, um, they care a lot about Arkansas in, in general, but they have a passion for um, the outdoors. And so they, uh, the governor created the natural, the natural State Initiative. Yeah. And so they have been doing bring us up on that all right because we there isn't that's not talked about very much right and so we signed i think she signed a up close to 10 or 11 um bills and we did that at uh, pinnacle um probably about a month ago and we you know one of her biggest priorities is making arkansas one of the leaders in outdoor recreation it's beautiful arkansas is such a beautiful state there's so much opportunity for biking trails you know i i need to i need to push myself out there to be a little bit more you know exploring these these trails and hikes tell the governor to slow down (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that you got time to go out and do some stuff that's what she asked me she's like what do you do on the weekends i'm like well i work (laughs) but i can take out um you know she she talks a lot about how you know the family goes on we just had bike month we proclaimed may bike month and you know they the first gentleman loves to take the family out on trails um they go out and they go on the rivers and i've i've heard a lot of stories about um the campaign and the team going on the buffalo river um so it's it's beautiful we we want people to come from all over and see you know not just from the country but out of country you know come see arkansas and so that's that's definitely a big a big initiative and the first gentleman is the one who's who's um you know heading up that initiative and he travels all over he goes to every state park um so it's a really cool aspect that you know we get to do okay so you're you know you're from texas originally right yes I so am. you know about arkansas about what other texans have told you about arkansas <laughs> were you amazed at you understood why it's called the natural state now? Yes. But I um, I actually had a few good friends growing up um, from Dallas that went to University of Arkansas. So I have been to Fayetteville. Ooh, they were traitors. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I had no idea the competition between <laughs> Texas and Arkansas until I got here. Um, but I, you know, I am a Cowboys fan, which I feel like we share 
mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but I, it is beautiful, and I, I hope to get up to Northwest um, a little bit more. But yes, it is. It is a. It's a great state. I'm a proud transplant of uh, Texas to here. There's an assistant that is here as well from the communications department. She's been sitting over there very quietly. <laughs> and, and and what what is her name? Olivia. Olivia. Yes. All right. I Olivia. Her here. Now you move up to the microphone just a little bit. I'm just going to be a second here with you. <laughs> You're from originally from Texas, too, right? No, I'm from Fayetteville. You're from Fayetteville? I am, yes. Okay, but you went to TCU. I did. I'm a oh. proud horned frog. <laughs> okay, well, I'm a horned frog fan, too. I like horned frogs. So up in northwest Arkansas, talking about bikes, it's become a mecca for biking up in northwest Arkansas now. Yeah, absolutely. I can't say I've done a lot of mountain biking myself, but I know the first gentleman um, is a big mountain biker. And mm-hmm. does does his thing. So what what got you into this business? Um, so Speaking I went to of politics. Um, went to college at um, TCU, but I'm from Fayetteville, and um, always held great respect and admiration for the now governor, and so really wanted to um, work for her campaign. So jumped on right after college and um, have stuck around, wanting to see all the um, big things that she talked about on the campaign actually become law. And they are absolutely. And they are becoming law. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. All right. Now, I promised you you had a meeting coming up, so I'm going to let you out of here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll, cut, we'll cut the duct tape off of you now <laughs> and, and let you get out. But promise me you'll be back to join us here on the show. Yes, I will be back. All right. That's good. We'll let you do that. We'll take an early break, Aaron, just so you know, uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And then I will be back. Uh, but we t- want to thank Alexa for coming in. She runs a very busy schedule. I'll let you know. It's, it's tough. Uh, it's even tough to get her to answer you back on the on on a text because she's running, she's running all the time. But I do. You do get back to me. I'm, you do, and we'll we'll have bigger things than to uh, talk about uh, in the near future here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tell the governor I'm firmly behind her. Anything I can do for her, just let me know. I will. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've been talking about this ever since I saw this in the paper about this big incinerator that's coming to, you know, central Arkansas. And I saw a picture of it the other day where they, they had it on a, a barge and they got this tugboat behind it pushing it down the river, and it made the tugboat look little. And I'm thinking, that is a huge incinerator. What are they going to use that for? And so we've got uh, Brett Shear with us. He's director of facility affairs Gum Springs Operations, Environmental Solutions and Services. It's uh, is a viola, is that right? Violia. A v- violia, okay. Uh, they they got the I even making some noise here in, exactly. in their name. Uh, of North America. It, first of all, tell us a little bit about the company. Yeah, so thanks, Dave, and I appreciate having me on to talk about this project and about the company. Uh, so Veolia is the, the world's largest environmental services firm. We are a $45 billion company headquartered in Paris, France, and we have over 250,000 employees in over 100 countries. So we're, a, we're, 170, wow. we're 170 years old, and we started out uh, providing clean water to the city of Paris. And now we have expanded that into doing that all over the world. And we have three business lines, water treatment, providing clean water and treating wastewater, we, have, we provide uh, green energy all over the world, clean energy all over the world, 
And uh, then we have a waste seg- segment, too, which is where Gum Springs fits into the company. Okay, so tell me about this incinerator. I mean, when you hear incinerator, I think of something fairly big, but this is gargantuan. It's huge, isn't it? It's 16 feet in diameter and 59 feet long. So the whole package that's going down the road, including the trailer and everything, weighs three, 300 tons. So 600,000 pounds. So this is the, it's kind of the centerpiece of our modernization project at Gum Springs. So Gum Springs has, has been an incinerator, hazardous waste incinerator, for almost 30 years. How come we've never heard of them? Alcoa, so Reynolds built the plant in place where there was a, an aluminum smelter in the past. Okay. And then Alcoa purchased Reynolds back in 2001, so took over the site. I was an Alcoa employee for, for many years, retired from Alcoa when Veolia purchased the plant in 2020, and then now I'm a Veolia employee, very very proud to be that. But I think Alcoa and Reynolds just kept the low profile, and Veolia really wants to be part of the community, wants to say, hey, look what we're, look what we're doing in this facility. And, um, you know, this is the centerpiece of a $350 million uh, modernization project at the plant. So... Over the next 10 years, Veolia is probably going to spend a billion dollars at this location and hire almost 225 people. Oh, wow. A lot so, of people are going to have some good-paying jobs there. It's, 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 it's a real you know, benefit to that location in that area. When Alcoa it was a non-core business, honestly, Alcoa was looking at shutting down the plant. So, so Veolia purchasing this plant not only saved these jobs, but is really going to give a boost to the economy. Well, let's talk about this incinerator. What are you guys going to burn up in it? So, so we, you know, you, I look at it, I, I try to explain an incin- our incinerator like a chemical plant in reverse because these big chemical companies, they take, they take basic chemicals, they combine them into something very complex that has different properties. We take those complex chemicals and we put them, them through a, a thermal treatment process, which this kiln will operate up to 2,300 degrees. Okay. So very hot in the internal of it. It breaks everything back down to its basic elements, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and it, where it's very stable, and, and we can dispose of it in the landfill. See, that makes sense. That, just, that, uh, that does make sense. You don't want this stuff, uh, th- these complex chemicals you're talking about, getting into the water table or whatever that's right you have to have a very i mean you have to have a responsible company handling these responsibly and that that allows your economy to grow and and protects the environment so your 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 company literally are are going to be the people the good guys so to speak uh in this whole situation where in the past in the 60s we ended up with those super sites where people were dumping stuff uh, you're going to keep that from happening. That's right. We're the, we're the solution for these companies that, that, that provide good jobs other places, but they produce a waste material that needs to go somewhere for responsible treatment. And we're one of the good locations. To oh, this is great. I, I like this, and I like that, that this is going to be right here in Arkansas. Absolutely. It's great, it's great jobs for people. We have some, it's, it's a high-technology uh, location. We provide some great jobs for local people. We're also bringing in some, some expertise from out of the state also that's moving into the Arkadelphia area. So we're real proud to, proud to do that. Yeah, that's something that people don't understand a lot of times. When, when an industry like yours comes in, there's auxiliary industries that build up around that industry because there's things that you need. I don't know if you have, have 
trucking or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. a good example. There's a trucking company that put in a, a, a node right, right down the road from us and employs about 35 truck drivers right now. So, so uh, you're going to give them jobs too, basically. Absolutely. Now then they're not going to work directly for you, but they're going to be hauling off the stuff that you need hauled off. Yep. There's a container management company that does the same with 10 or 15 employees right down the road. They provide containers for us to move materials around, but they maintain those containers and lease them to us. See, I, I hope that what that means is that you talked about the jobs you're producing just at your facility. I'd like to see, you know, another 100 jobs from auxiliary well, businesses around. I think it's easily that, easily that impact. And that makes, you know, this is what President Kennedy would have talked about floating all boats back in the 60s. This is going to help everybody in the area. Absolutely. And, and even during our construction project, we have up to 300 construction workers on site, fill, engineers and construction workers filling up the hotels, eating at the restaurants for the next year and a half. So uh, that's a huge benefit to the area as well. This is very cool. I, I, I had no idea. I haven't seen any stories on it. I bet you guys have offered stories and nobody's even come down to cover it. Yeah, well, there. I'm, occasionally we get a story in the Arkadelphian down there, which is an online paper, but that's that's really the extent. That's of about it. it. That's about it. This is something that's going to be affecting all of that area in Central Arkansas. Sure, and we can pull. I think we can pull people from from even the Central Arkansas area to drive down there. You know, it's just an hour drive for for a good job. Some people would be happy. There to you do go. That. Yeah. You guys hiring, huh? We are absolutely. Okay, what are you looking for? So we're looking for. Uh, we're hiring a couple of levels of people. We're hiring industrial workers that uh, we're looking for people with a high school diploma that have two years of, of industrial experience is ideal with some... Um, industrial experience, what do you mean? Uh, like a, have, have driven some heavy equipment even, mm-hmm. a forklift driver, excavator operator, um, front end loader operator, so any... Any kind of heavy equipment like that. And then we do have a, the, the next level is the more technical people like um, um, people, chemists, biologists, um, uh, environmental um, experts, which is, is my, that's my field of expertise. Right. And, uh, but those were having a little bit of trouble finding people locally, so we are pulling some people from out of state. There you go. I mean, you're hearing it first here on my show. I had no idea what we were getting into here, Aaron. Good job on getting this gentleman in here to talk about this, because this is a, a whole different angle than what I thought we'd be talking about, uh, dealing with uh, this incinerator. And we're going to talk further about it. We've got a break coming up. We've got some news we've got to get to you. We just made news by telling you what we're telling you right now on the air. Uh, where, where do people go online or uh, give you a call or whatever about these uh, uh, jobs that are available? Yeah, so on Veolia.com, we have a job listing. Look up uh, Gum Springs, um, and, and there's, there's a significant list of job openings right there. All right, V-E-O-L-I-A.com. Let me give that to you again, V-E-O-L-I-A.com. Let me tell you, maybe you don't want to drive all that distance. That area to live in, nice area to live in, to be honest with you, down around the Arkadelphia uh, area. Absolutely. All right, 11, about 1030, we'll be back uh, again after the news, and uh, Brett and I are going to continue our conversation here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Veolia is here. Uh, Brett uh, Shear is the Director of Facility Affairs, Gum Springs Operations, Environmental Solutions and Services, 
I bet you don't like to say that very often. It's a, it's a I mean, you've got a lot of things to say there. From the North American Division of Veolia, and uh, they're down around uh, Arkadelphia, uh, Gum Springs area, and they're bringing in this big, big uh, industrial piece of equipment uh, into that area, incinerator that will take care of, uh, of, of, of these chemicals that companies make when they uh, do their jobs and they need to be destroyed so that you don't end up with Superfund sites again like we had in the 90s. And uh, that's, that's their job here. And they're hiring, by the way. And uh, let me just tell you again, go to Veolia, that's V-E-O-L-I-A dot com. And uh, for you who have high school diplomas, they're hiring people. All right. And he was telling me they got some steel workers there uh, that maybe you can hook up with. And they're getting paid $23 an hour. Coming in the door. Yeah. That's that's you can you can take care of your family with that. If you can't, then maybe you should go work for the government. I'm just, I'm just saying and just just pointing that out to you. But Brett, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been working for this company for a long time. Uh, Alcoa Aluminum. Uh, of course, you were with them, Reynolds Aluminum and, and all the rest. Why don't you roll the clock back a little bit for us and tell us about. Where did, when you walked through the, the gates the first time uh, down there, sure. was it Alcoa or Reynolds? It was Alcoa. Okay, so you walked through the gate. What were you doing at that point? So I came in there the first time as operations manager from another location. Uh, I started my career with Alcoa at the bauxite refinery. Okay. There, there at uh, Bryant, Benton and Bryant. Okay. And so uh, Alcoa gave me a lot of uh, opportunity to do different things. And uh, one of the things I was able to do is come back to Arkansas and go to that facility as operations manager. And uh, when I came into that facility, it was, it was getting smaller. So we looked at that. You probably know the way that the aluminum business has gone in the United States, and there are very few aluminum companies. Not protected anymore. They should aluminum. be protected yep. and let, not letting these other companies just undercut them. Yep. So that That's what they let them, let them do. Well, and, and um, you know, there's no, it's, it's very difficult to build a new massive plant like that when you have competition uh, that, that has a whole different, um, um, you know, financial goal and makeup. So uh, most of our aluminum comes from overseas and from Canada into the United States. But, but as I came in, this plant was treating uh, a byproduct from the aluminum business. Okay. And that was the sole product that this plant was, was taking in. And we saw, you know, this, that's not a very good business model right is to be in an industry where where your only product is is decreasing by 10 percent every year so that's why i had mentioned earlier that uh, it was no longer a core business for for alcoa and so alcoa is looking to even shut the plant down and huge benefit for Violi to come in and buy it but the history of that plant we talk about it has three lives so it started in 1952 with reynolds metals building an aluminum uh, primary aluminum production plant there, mm-hmm. which closed in 1986. And then that was a huge impact, negative impact to the yeah. economy there. You had 600 people with good jobs, and then you went to zero. Well, Reynolds came back in, really cleaned up the site, created this incinerator that handled this byproduct from the aluminum industry. It was called Spent Potliner, and we still take that material today. It's a, a big product of ours. But Alcoa purchased Reynolds in 2001 and started – started looking at what could we do different at this location. And they brought me in at that, at that point just a few years later. 
And then we started working on, okay, what can we do to keep, the, keep jobs here, keep this plant open? And so over the years, we, we developed new business lines. We were able to bring in other things that could be treated in these same kilns that we treated spent pot liner in mm-hmm. and kind of change things around to make it attractive for somebody like Violi to purchase the plant. And uh, I have to say our, our CEO of our business unit, Bob Capadona, had, had a vision for this plant years before they actually purchased it. And he saw the value of this location as an asset to Veolia. We have 1,600 acres there. We're, ser- we're rail served by the Union Pacific. We're right off the interstate. We're in c- the central U.S. So a very good location to come in and make it a flagship of a large company like Veolia. Okay, so it's not hard to get product to you that they need to have taken care of. Exactly. And, and with the rail spur, we it extends our range of, of, of uh, competition. We can even pull things in from the northeast, out, out west. Um, most of our competitors only have trucking, so mm-hmm. it makes us much more competitive. Very cool. That's yep. very good indeed. All right, so, you know, explain to what you were doing. What did, where, were, where were you in the whole Veolia uh, acquisition? So one of my jobs um, right before the acquisition, um, Alcoa had me doing some corporate things, but one of my jobs was to find a good buyer for this location. And we had several interested parties, but Bob Capadona, who I mentioned earlier, right. I, had, I had a relationship with him, and we kept talking about this. And, and they were, Violi was very interested, and finally Violi did come with a very good offer to Alcoa. Not only an offer, but a good plan for what they were going to do with this site. And, uh, you know, fortunately, um, Bob and his team came in and met with us. We met with local officials. We met with the DEQ to see, okay, was it possible to do to to modernize this plant and um you know everything was positive we had a ton of support from the from the local community um of course it's 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 there are many good jobs there that we're creating and uh, a lot of a lot of influx of capital into the area and then deq was you know they have they have a goal of protecting the environment and that's a that's a great goal but they also have a, a goal of allowing business to operate inside of those those that framework of protecting the environment so i think they've done a very good job of balancing that and and uh, i think that's all under the leadership of uh, you know governor uh, hutchinson and governor sanders as well all right so, so let's talk about uh, this new uh, in, industrial uh, piece of equipment that you've got coming uh, into the area first of all the big thing it tells us you don't put that kind of investment into a, a a place unless you tend to be there for a while. Absolutely. You know, so this is a this is a a company that's investing for the future. Secondly, what can it do that the other kilns couldn't do? Sure. You know, what what do, what does it? it it's going to burn it, much uh, hotter, and okay. so that allows us to treat things that are much more difficult to treat. Because the kilns we have right now were built to treat the spent pot liner that I mentioned earlier. They do, they do burn some things very effectively, but we're going to close those down. We're going to replace them with this totally modern piece of equipment. And uh, it should be up and operational sometime close to the end of 2024. And when it is, I mean, we're, we're very proud to say it's going to be the cleanest burning, most modern, most technologically advanced incinerator in the world when it's commissioned. How many pieces of paperwork do you have to fill out for uh, environmental protection? Quite a a few. I I would say we have, if 
probably the most extensive environmental permit in the state. And if Incredible. not, we're right there with somebody else that has a I'm similar right. one. But, uh, no, we're very, we're very closely monitored. We have continuous emission monitoring on our, on our burner. We, uh, we do, you know, daily, weekly, monthly inspections, and we have DEQ come in on a regular basis as well. Now do me a favor. Next year, when you guys get ready to fire that puppy up, I'd like to come down and see it happen. Yep. We we plan to have a ribbon cutting. We've had a groundbreaking. Uh-huh. We plan to have a ribbon cutting and I'll sure I'll sure let you know. Yeah, fire something to me so I know about it and I'd like to get on it. We got more to talk about. I got another break I gotta get in and then we'll come back and finish up our conversation with Brett Shear. He's with Veolia. They are the people that are bringing this big old incinerator into uh, the Gum Springs area. We'll talk about uh, the future. What does it mean for the Arkadelphia area. What kind of financial impact will this have on the Arkadelphia area? We'll tell you about it in just a moment. Dave Ellswick show final segment uh, with Brett Shear. He is the uh, director of uh, facility affairs, and I'll stop there uh, from Veolia. Okay, I don't have to write, read the other three lines of what <laughs> what he's doing. But the bottom line, there's a a huge, huge, huge incinerator going in. Uh, down in Gum Springs, uh, you might pass it on a road uh, today as they're moving it down into that area. And uh, we went on RDOT's website, and it's just Im- impressive, the, the pictures uh, that they have of moving this thing. It's it's not a small piece of equipment. It, how much does it weigh again? It weighs, that, that whole rig weighs 300 tons. Whew. So, and that's a big, big rig. And we've been, we've been watching this for a while come our way because it was built in Italy at a shipbuilding facility, one of the only places in the world that can build a continuous kiln piece of metal like that. So, um, and as we were talking about earlier, uh, this is about the eighth or ninth revision of Veolia's incinerator. Mm-hmm. So we learned from the previous one. We use the same vendors. This is the fourth or fifth kiln we've bought from that same vendor. So uh, it was put on a boat in Venice. Right. And floated over to the port of New Orleans. It was offloaded at the Port of New Orleans onto a barge that came up the Mississippi and then up the Washita River to Crossett Harbor. <laughs> not a lot of stuff that goes into Crossett Harbor. And then they offloaded it there, and now it's on its way overland to our It's amazing. Plane. It is an amazing big piece of It looks like something from Transformers. It's huge. That's yeah. what it it's, looks it's, like it's, to it's me. It's huge. It looks like it's a jet engine for something really, really, really humongous. I mean, it's just an incredible piece of equipment. But I wanted to touch on something we talked about during the break, and that is, you know, and and for all of you tree huggers out there, I want you to listen closely. You guys didn't have to ask for any special passes as far as the environment goes. Not at all. Not at all. Veolia technology, we know we can meet the strictest environmental standards for air emissions from this kiln, and... We say, that's the permit we want because our our emissions will meet those strictest standards and better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked about some of the equipment that's coming in. You have that kiln, which will allow us to burn really, really hot temperatures. But also this is going to be a very unique incinerator in that we're I think we're the only incinerator in North America, hazardous waste incinerator, that will produce its own power from a steam boiler. It's, it's going to have a boiler. It's going to have a steam turbine that's going to produce half our electricity. The other half we're going to put in 35 acres of solar. So this will be a net zero energy facility. Oh, wow. And 
along with that, the, you know, the, the great majority of expense of this is that air pollution control technology where we have two, two scrubbers that I mentioned to you on the break mm-hmm. that are sitting in our parking lot. They came over from Sweden because we know they work. We know what they do. We know the results. Let me ask that. Okay, these are scrubbers for your particular type of uh, of equipment. These are scrubbers that could fit on other equipment as well, right? If they wanted to use them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 it it polishes the air coming out of any burning process. Get off get off the coal industry and and let them. They would use this stuff, and 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 could give us cheaper energy. I'm sure. Uh, But uh, hey, what am I to say? about that i'm not president yeah well we're and and we're very proud to meet those standards too you yeah know, i'm proud that you're doing it. So. it it goes to show exactly what i always say about industry you give industry the goal you give them you tell them here we got some i got some rules here that you got to follow then not only follow them they'll do it better than what the government wants to do they'll figure out a way to do it better and cheaper than what the government would want to do. That was one of the problems that they had when I was a, a young man uh, at steel mills. They were told by the EPA, you have to do it this way. And they would say, well, look, we can do it this way, cheaper, and give you a better result. And the EPA wouldn't let them do it. That's what cri- drives me crazy. So they, the government drives prices up. So what are some other things that... You said biodiversity. What is it that uh, you guys want to get into? Yeah, so I'm, this is a very interesting part about working for a large company like Veolia. Veolia is an environmental services company. That's our business. So we want to have a positive impact on the environment. So Veolia has a corporate initiative that every facility has to look at is how are you affecting biodiversity on your own site. Mm-hmm. And so our site is a very rural site. We have a large site, 1,600 acres. We do, we do flora and fauna surveys. We do a light survey, which is very interesting because we came out to the facility at night, and you kind of look at it. Okay, how much light pollution do we put out? Boy, Stephen Meeks would love you. <laughs> State Representative Stephen Meeks go crazy about this. But, you know, it affects the, it affects the bats and birds that, that are nocturnal. Sure. You know? And so you start looking at it. You put up a light that shines out. Well, if you just tilt it down just a little bit, it doesn't create that light pollution. And uh, part of doing those surveys is we've partnered, we being Veolius, partnered with the, the, the Museum of Natural Resources in Paris on this listening device. It's called a LACO listening device that you put out into the wooded area, and it listens for nocturnal bats and birds and catalogs, which ones you hear out there, bugs as well. And so, you know, those Good are really grief. hard to get a survey in for. And then any project we have, like this new kiln, we have to look at, okay, do, are we... Are we impacting any migration patterns? Are we doing anything that negatively affects the the facility? I mean, the the flora and fauna in the facility, and uh, I mean, they take a very close look at. Okay, if we're going to cut down some trees to do this solar project, we're going to plant some trees in another location Correct. to make up for that. And we're looking at we have a little bit of wetlands on our site that's in a, a non unused area. How can we enhance those wetlands and make them more valuable to the to the environment? Yeah, to duck hunters. So we don't have any no duck hunters. <laughs> I got you. I'm just saying. Just, Although it would be, it would, it, yeah, we purchased it, would be a great it from place some to duck be. hunters. Yeah, yeah. you have a good place to go to do some duck hunting. But yeah, this is really exciting. What you guys are doing, you're leading the way in a lot of different areas, and uh, sounds like Veolia is doing it right. 
very proud to work for them. Uh, also on that biodiversity uh, situation, we're partnering with both Washita University and Henderson State University. We have a professor and a student from each of those universities on our biodiversity team. So uh, it's it's a good way to connect with the. Are you community. looking to hook up with the, uh, the the universities down there to maybe uh, offer training to to Absol- local ab- people? Absolutely, Henderson State is looking at an in, an engineering lab to do some hands-on training of your uh, your skilled labor like electricians, mechanics. Um, and I know Washita is putting in a brand new engineering program, so we're looking at helping sponsor both of those facilities. This and is great stuff. Okay. This is I'm just saying, now you're talking you're singing in my choir now. You know, well, we, private we, business wants to thrive and they want to thrive uh just like everybody else would want to thrive. They they breathe the same air that we do. They drink the same water we drink. So you know, they're not out to poison anybody. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know? Try to, I try to point that out. We all live right people. there. So. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a business kind of guy. I I understand Eco 101, uh, Econ 101. In fact, I understand it a little higher than that, to be honest, as far as that's concerned. But anyway, I can do macro and micro and all of that as well. We're out of time. Dave, I appreciate the opportunity to you talk about this. You promise to come back on I'll, again? I'll come back. It's an exciting thing to talk about. It's uh, I love talking about it. So. Very good. And by the way, remember, go to the Arkansas Department of Transportation. Do it now. I mean, you get time. Not if you're in your car. But if you're at home and you can go on your laptop, go to uh, Facebook.com uh, slash Arkansas Department of Transportation and bring up their website uh, for, uh, you know, or Facebook page. And check it out. They got some very cool pictures. Aaron been showing me some great videos and stuff. And and know that here in the near future, we're going to be able to do that ourselves because we're going to literally come close to building our own TV studio here, so that we can That's put the the show on on uh, uh, Facebook, and you'll be able to watch it, and it'll look like Fox TV. I'm just I'm just telling you, it's coming. I got to talk to some people next week about the equipment. Brett, thanks so much. We'll keep you up to date on what we're Very doing. interesting. Yeah. Really, really interesting. All right. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be uh, Mr. Norris. Ryan Norris will be with me from uh, Americans for Prosperity. We'll be talking with him about business and, and what they're doing to uh, help businesses thrive in uh, our country. And he'll be with me from 7 until 10, 10 o'clock. I haven't heard any different, but Matt Smith will be back in studio with me. And we'll tell you about all the movies that are out for you to go see this weekend uh, here in our local area. Until then, you have a great day. Stay, try to stay dry. You might want to carry a trolling motor with you just in case. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.